A major Air Force overhaul means the service could soon be flying nearly century-old bombers. Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. Pretty much every single mission the U.S. military has undergone for the last six decades, the B-52 has been there. Air warfare reporter Stephen Losey broke down his recent trip to learn more about the B-52 and the strategy to keep them operational until 2060. What does it all mean for defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Jonathan Larafone. Today is Monday, February 12th, 2024. Hi, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. So it sounds like there are a lot of big changes coming to the U.S. bomber fleet in the next few years. Before we dive deep into it, can you give us a quick overview of the sweeping once-in-a-generation revamp that it is set to receive? Right now, the Air Force is flying three bombers. There's the B-52, of course, which you've probably seen in many movies and Vietnam War documentaries and lots of news footage from the last couple of decades. There's also the B-1 Lancer and the B-2 Spirit stealth bomber. The problem is the B1s and B2s are nearing the end of their lives. B1s are pretty worn down after the global war on terror. The B2s, they never really built more than about 20 of them. So the Air Force is right now working on bringing on a new stealth bomber, state-of-the-art aircraft called the B-21 Raider. They're gonna retire the B1s and the B2s, and by the next decade, the plan is to have a two-bomber fleet consisting of B-21s and revamped B-52s. Great, so for those less familiar, what is the B-52 aircraft? How long has it been in service, and what are some of the missions they've previously participated in? The B-52 is one of the Air Force's biggest heavy bombers. Started coming online about 1960, 1962 timeframe. So they've been flying about 60 years. During that time, they've done a lot of missions. Pretty much every single mission the U.S. military has undergone for the last six decades, the B-52 has been there. They flew around-the-clock nuclear alerts on the edge of Soviet airspace during the Cold War. They carried out massive bombing campaigns during the Vietnam War, like Operation Linebacker, when the U.S. and allies fought Saddam Hussein and Iraq during the uh, Persian Gulf War. B-52s were carrying out airstrikes to kind of pave the way for that lightning ground assault. And the same thing happened during the subsequent wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And even when Operation Inherent Resolve, the battle against the Islamic State terrorist group, B-52s were carrying out airstrikes there as well. And can you remind us again how many B-52s are left in service? The Air Force has built about 744 of those bombers. Right now, the Air Force has 76 B-52Hs in its fleet. That's about 10% of the overall B-52 fleet uh, that the Air Force built in the 50s and 60s. They originally had about 744 of them. That number has whittled down considerably over the years. Now, like you mentioned, the Air Force is preparing to bring on its newest stealth bomber, the B-21 Raider, correct? And in doing so, it's also retiring some older airframes. What can you tell us about that? That's right. The Air Force is planning to 
buy at least 100 B21s, maybe more. We don't know exactly how much they're going to buy. And they're going to retire the B1 Lancer and the B2 Spirit Stealth Bomber as the B21s come on board. So why is it such a big deal that the Air Force plans to keep a modernized and redubbed version of the B-52 in service? Because in a future war, the Air Force is probably going to have to fly a lot of different kinds of bombing missions. For the last two decades, the Air Force has been operating in more or less uncontested airspaces. The, the Taliban and the Islamic State didn't really have much in the way of air defenses. That's all likely to change if a war with China breaks out. China's got a very advanced military with a lot of uh, jets that are roughly on par with ours, a lot of really good radars and air defenses. And so they're bringing on the B-21 to be able, which has a lot of very advanced stealth capability, to be able to sneak into enemy territory and carry out what's called penetrating strike missions deep in enemy territory. Now, that's a very good tool to have, but the Air Force won't be able to afford to field a bomber fleet of nothing but very expensive B-21s. They're also going to need to carry out standoff strikes from a distance, and that's where the B-52 comes in. The plan is, once the uh, Air Force carries out penetrating strike missions with the B-21, that opens up some more airspace for the B-52 to come in closer and be able to fire off cruise missiles or other uh, weapons, maybe even hypersonic weapons when those come online, that would be able to strike enemy targets from a distance. Can you remind me again of the analogy that you shared offline? If the Air Force were to be flying a bomber fleet now with airframes from 100 years ago, what that would be like? Yeah, Jonathan, that gets at what I think is really one of the most remarkable parts of the Air Force's plan to revamp the B-52 and keep it flying. So as I said, these B-52Hs came online about 1960, 1962. The Air Force's plans uh, say that they're going to keep flying these B-52s once they're revamped with new engines and everything until well into the 2050s, maybe even 2060. So that means they're probably going to be flying almost century-old bombers. And when you think about how rapidly aviation technology changes, that is really uh, a kind of unprecedented thing to do. I spoke with Brian Lasley, a historian at the Air Force Academy, and he pointed out that if you... If the Air Force were flying century-old planes today, those would be like the Curtis Jenny biplanes from World War I. <laughs> you kind of think of like Snoopy and his sop with Campbell and Peanuts. Those old World War I biplanes with wood and wire and canvas. If there was an airplane that was flying today that was 100 years old, we, we have to go back to 1924, right? And so we're talking about... The pea shooters, the, the, the JN3 and JN4 Jennies. A hundred years ago, we are talking about, about canvas and, and wire and, and wooden airplane. A hundred years ago, we don't even have enclosed cockpits. A uh, hundred years ago, we don't have retractable landing gear. It's such a difference between what we're flying today. And so the, the idea that the Air Force will be flying century-old B-52s well into this the 2050s, maybe 2060, is kind of remarkable. Certainly. And I know you just went to Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana to participate in a training exercise on the B-52. We'll have more on that for listeners in a future bonus episode. Um, but first, I was hoping you can share more about some of the updates that the B-52 is planned to get. 
The biggest part of the B-52 modernization is the plans to install brand new engines on the B-52. Now, engines that are on there now, for the most part, are the same engines that have been flying on B-52s since the 1960s. There hasn't been a real upgrade in the last six decades. So the Air Force right now is working on a program called the Commercial Engine Replacement Program that's going to replace the B-52's current engines, which were made by Pratt & Whitney, um, with a new slate of engines by Rolls-Royce. These engines are supposed to have more efficiency, more range. What's got maintainers most excited is the fact that these new engines are gonna come with a brand new supply chain. So what are some other updates that are in store? In the works for the B-52 are a new modern radar, improved avionics, a long-range standoff weapon that could carry out nuclear strikes, communications upgrades, new digital displays that are replacing just a dashboard of dozens of analog dials, and new wheels and brakes and other things. It's such a significant top-to-bottom change that when it's all done, they're actually going to rename the B-52H the B-52J. So given that these planes are on the older side, is the service having any maintenance issues with the aircraft? Are those common? And also, do certain systems or other mechanisms not work as well as they should? Maintenance is a big challenge for the airmen who fly and op operate and get the B-52 up and running. The engines are kind of the biggest headache, to be honest. Um, as I said, those engines are, have been around since the 1960s. And the problem when you're flying engines that old, a lot of the companies that used to make parts for the Air Force have gone out of business, especially these small, what they call mom and pop shops. The supply of spare parts in many ways has started to dry up and it's forced the Air Force to try to scramble to find alternate ways to keep the parts flowing. Sometimes that means they're pulling spare parts out of old and retired B-52s that are in the Air Force's airplane graveyard, which they call the Boneyard. It's near Tucson, Arizona. And another, other times they're trying to perhaps make new parts, repair broken parts in-house with the Air Force's own shops. Sometimes, however, they have to resort to a process called cannibalization, where they pull uh, parts off of other B-52s that are still in service and then reinstall those parts on B-52s that need to fly to carry out a mission. That's something that works, but it takes about twice as long because you got to take a part off a plane first, and it creates other issues. It could potentially mean that when you take a part off one plane to get another one flying, well, that first plane is just not able to fly now. Okay, so what other examples can you provide us on those maintenance issues? So sometimes it can take months or even years for the Air Force to get a new part that they need. The most egregious example that we heard about was this one particular valve, and it takes 900 days, that's 900, about two and a half years, for the Air Force to get a brand new one of these valves when they need it. Now, the Air Force stressed that that doesn't mean that B-52s are sitting on the runway for two and a half years uh, for these valves. A lot of times what happens when a B-52 goes into depot maintenance, they'll take one of these valves off the plane because it's going into depot maintenance, it doesn't need to fly, and they'll just kind of run it over and put it on another plane that needs it. But that's kind of an example of how the cannibalization process has, in many ways, just become kind of a regular part of doing business for the B-52. And it's something that the Air Force is increasingly doing in recent years. 
So looking forward, when does the Air Force expect ground and flight tests to begin for the B-52J? Rolls-Royce is now working on these uh, new F-130 engines that are going to go on the B-52. Um, they're being tested. The plan is to start installing some of these new engines on the first B-52s that are going to be become B-52Js in the next couple of years. The first test B-52J is going to start ground and flight tests in late 2028. And more B-52s are going to get their new engines on a rolling basis throughout the 2030s, probably in depot maintenance. That's it for us this morning. To get more of the top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com slash EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Defense underscore News and at Military Times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted by me, Jonathan Larafelt, and produced by Zimone Z. Perez. If you liked our conversation with Steve, be sure to check out his work at defensenews.com. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Gruss. Have a great day.